0: When it comes to investing in innovation, trust the experts. RoboGlobal provides laser-focused investment portfolios that deliver access to robotics, AI, and healthcare innovation globally. The H-Tech portfolio captures the technologies transforming the medical space, providing unique exposure to best-in-class companies. Investors, turn to this diversified approach backed by research from the experts. Learn more today at RoboGlobal.com HTEC.
1: Welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotovis podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm Anthony Miko. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt Lamarca. You can follow on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. Matt, how's it going?
2: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, had a nice uneventful day, which I guess is the exact opposite of your day so far.
1: Oh, dude, craziness. We're going to be talking about the U.S. Open today, probably the... Uh, Second best major of the year, I'd say, after the Masters. Uh, sometimes it touches down on Long Island, so we've we've been there, Matt, which is fun. Yes, uh, sir. 2009, Bethpage Black. Uh, they'll actually be back
0: on the Love a good deal. Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from 1999. Polos from 16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.
1: Black next year, so maybe uh, maybe we'll make our comeback. Um, But this year, the tournament is at Shinnecock Hills, only the fifth time in U.S. Open history uh, that they are playing at Shinnecock. So not a ton of course history here, Uh, but it is a uh, 7,445 yard par 70, one of the longest par adjusted courses on tour. Uh, There are a ton of bunkers, so the sand wedges could be busy this weekend. Uh, It's also worth noting that they pulled up a ton of trees uh, since the last time they played here in 2004. Uh, And if you're not familiar with Long Island, uh, you know, Shinnecock is like right by the water. So, you know, wind could definitely be a big factor. Uh, Slightly over 150 players in the field. Top 60 plus ties make the cut into the weekend. So, you know, just making the cut will be a task this week for the golfers. Uh, Some of the key stats that I will be looking at this week. uh, Strokes gained off the tee. Obviously, the course is long. Uh, We want distance, but you still want to keep it in the fairway. Uh, I like par four efficiency from 450 to 500 yards. Uh, there are six 450 to 500 yard par fours on the course. Uh, there's one par four that's 439, and one that is 519. So I, I, you know, I really think you could account for almost half the course uh, using that statistic. So that's probably my favorite stat this week.
2: Yeah, and you uh, can probably just to interrupt that yeah. probably you know when we were talking about the Masters, you brought this stat up too. And there were really no par fours that fit that course. But we kind of extrapolated it to say that, you know, if you're scoring well on long par fours, that's probably going to help you on the par fives as well. So if you're going to throw the par fives in there, and I definitely think that the logic goes that way, like you're accounting for more than half the course. So I think that's a smart uh, stat to weight pretty heavily this
1: week. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, scrambling. I mentioned the bunkers. I think there's going to be a lot of wedge play this weekend. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I think scoring is going to be pretty low. So, obviously, you know, those big chips, uh, they can save your tournament. They can win your tournament. Uh, bogey avoidance. After uh, last year's birdie fest, you know, uh, Brooks Kepka won at minus 16. Uh, I think the winner this year will probably be a little closer to, like, I don't know, minus 6, minus 8. Uh, scoring is going to be a lot harder to come by. So, I think it's going to be critical to avoid bogeys. And uh, I always look at birdie or better percentage, uh, whether it's DraftKings, whether it's betting. I uh, definitely want guys who can score. So, uh, Matt, what, what about you with the stats?
2: Yeah, I think that a lot of that is going to go into my model. Um, you know, using Fantasy Labs, I was able to build my own model here. And uh, I did weigh a lot of the same things. But Fantasy Labs has a stat that's sort of all-inclusive. They call it long-term adjusted round score. And uh, it's kind of like uh, similar to strokes gained overall, I would, if I had to relate it to something, but it adjusts how you do depending on, you know, the difficulty of the course, the kind of field that you're playing in, et cetera. So it's a little bit more inclusive. Um, I think overall, this course, like you mentioned, is going to just be brutally difficult. The rough is going to be deep, especially if you're, you know, missing well outside of the fairway. It's going to be long. And the conditions could be tough. So overall, I just want guys who are really good golfers. (laughs) And, uh, that might be oversimplifying things, but I think that that's at least how I'm starting. Um, I agree that accuracy off the tee is going to be almost as important as distance. The big miss could, could be, you know, a double bogey or worse on this course. So if you're a guy who is, you know, hitting fairways at a low percentage, this course could Take their toll on them. And, uh, we're going to talk about some of those guys when we get into the actual players. I'm also looking for guys who are in good form at the moment. So I'm looking at recent greens and regulation. So those are sort of the things that I'm looking for. But again, I don't think it's smart to, and you kind of touched on this. I don't think it's smart to look back at like previous U.S. open courses or even previous times that this tournament was head here, held here because it's just such a different course at this point. So you're kind of want to go, going to want to go out on your own. I think a little bit, there's no way to really retrofit any data here. Like it is when, you know, the masters are at Augusta every single year. It's easy to look at what's worked well there. Like we don't really have that sort of safety net here. So you're going to need to go out on your own a little bit more, but I think that, you know, the stats that you touched on are, are definitely going to be very important here. And, I'm also definitely looking at some some recent form as well.
1: Yeah, and um, it's it's crazy that you mentioned that with like the you know the course history because I I've heard a lot of people talk about how and we'll talk about him later I'm sure but a lot of people talk about how like Phil has been you know T four and T two here and like in the two times he's played at Shinnecock and it's like it's not even the same course like it's not even. Uh, like especially when it was played two times ago, I don't think it's even remotely the same course, and so many changes have been made since 2004. It's like how do you, how do you even consider that? Right when you're, you know, like not to mention Mickelson
2: is 15 years older
1: basically since right. that
2: last time. So. Right.
1: <laughs> I know golf ages as well. I don't know if it ages that well, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna start, uh, you know, talking through uh, some of these tiers of players we're going to you know be basing it off the odds on my bookie we're going to give some of our favorite picks to bet uh, but we're also going to give some of our favorite plays for DraftKings. you know a big major means big millie maker tournament on dk we want to make sure that you have the best shot possible at taking it down so we'll definitely talk you know dk plays as well we're going to start at the very top uh, with dustin johnson it's really All about him when we're talking about the favorites, you know, unlike the Masters where we had like four or five guys who were considered, quote unquote, favorites at their odds. You know, DJ is eight to one, the next closest guy at my bookie, 14 to one. So he is the clear favorite. Uh, He's coming off of a win uh, and he's the best golfer on tour. So, Matt, you know, how are you handling him on DraftKings, where I think we'll expect him to be uh, pretty heavy chalk? And will you be wagering on him to win?
2: Yeah, I mean, however you however you slice it, Dustin Johnson deserves to be the favorite this week. I mean, I mentioned the model that I built. He's grading out as the top overall play there, which is not surprising. You know, he's long been the best player on tour. And this course should set up perfectly for him, given the distance. You know, if he can hit wedges into some of these greens when other guys are hitting iron, that's a humongous advantage. So if I had to pick someone to win, he would be it. But eight to one is just very thin to lay for a golfer in a particular outing. You know, like, I, I do think if you sim this tournament a thousand times, he wins it more than anybody else. But he needs to win it 12.5% of the time in order for these values to make sense. And I just don't know if that's there. Um, you mentioned the DraftKings chalk. Yeah. He's, I would say he's going to be 30% easy. Um, You know, especially in some of these lower stakes tournaments, the Millie Maker for sure. I think a lot of people are going to start with DJ as as their first guy. And any time a golfer is getting up to that high ownership, he's going to be a fade for me. It's not going to be an easy fade. I mean, Dustin Johnson's capable of coming out and winning this thing very easily. But this is still golf. There's still a lot of volatility in golf. And uh, I think whenever we're getting to that kind of ownership levels, the move has to be to fade
1: yeah, I agree. Um, you know, eight to one odds basically gives him an uh, implied probability of eleven percent to win. Uh, that definitely seems a touch high. Uh, you know, and I agree with you in terms of the the DK fade. Obviously, like you're gonna sweat, you're gonna sweat fading DJ because he's the best golfer in the world. You know, he comes out first in like the cumulative stats I was talking about. I mean, he's first in strokes gained off the tee, first in par fours. 450 to 500 first and birdie, you know, birdie or better. But that's why he's the best player on tour. Right. Um, you know, and the fact that he's coming off a win, I think especially raises the ownership. He's currently the highest projected owned player uh, at Rotor Grinders for this week. so Fantasy uh, Labs think, as well. Yeah, so we're all kind of in sync there. And, uh, you know, there's just so many great golfers out there. Like Justin Thomas, you know, took the lead as the world number one golfer for a while. Like it's... Uh, It's especially on a difficult course. I think it's safe to say that this is going to be a rock fight. And, uh, you know, I don't like laying those kind of odds uh, either in my DK game or my, uh, you know, my betting portfolio. So I'm with you on the fade.
2: Yeah. I think, really quickly, before we get into some of this stuff, I think that the majority of my bets in this tournament are not going to be on the winner. I think that there's just too much volatility in that long term. Yeah. I think that's kind of like a, a fishy move. You know, maybe you take some shots with some of these longer priced guys, but it's kind of like betting big favorites in baseball long term is losing. If you're going to take some of these guys who are, you know, 20 to one or less, I think in the long run, that's a losing philosophy. Um, you know, it might be different at this tournament because I do think that the group of golfers that can actually win this thing is pretty small, but I think most weeks you're better off looking at things like top fives, top tens, or my favorite way to bet on golf now, which is the matchup props.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, big fan of the matchups. I mean, DJ's still a favorite in a lot of his matchups. Like, he's minus 150 against Rory, minus 150 against Day, uh, but, like, uh, minus 160 against Ricky. But, you know, the odds of that bet paying off are just so much higher. I mean, obviously, because you're giving up a lot of the juice, but also, like, that that's, uh, you know, a bet where... He doesn't even have to win. Like, he doesn't even necessarily have to play that great. Like, he just has to be better than the next one guy. Person. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, it's just so much better to bet on. And I think that you can make, like, a lot more. I think the variance is a little less impactful when it's a one on one matchup and you can kind of analyze, like, just those two players, you know, their kind of ranges of outcomes, and you can see, like, kind of what to expect.
2: For sure. And I think that, yeah, like you said, less variance, and you can also bet. Like, if you do love Dustin Johnson, just bet him on all the money, all the matchup props. Maybe he loses one of them and wins the rest. Like, you know, it's, it's a good way to to spread out money on your portfolio.
1: Yep. And you can parlay. I mean, if you parlay, like, two or three of the matchups, you still, you know, get plus odds on it. So if right. you really like a guy, you can still do that. Uh, so we're going to talk about the rest of the tournament in a second. But first, I want to talk a little bit about my bookie. Huge weekend this time on the links. if you want to be a part of it. Absolutely join my bookie today. I would only recommend a service that has been good to me and my listeners. That's why I'm telling you to make your way to my bookie. You win and they pay and they pay fast without any hassles. You're absolutely wasting your time betting anywhere else. They have in-game live betting. You can place a bet after tip off of your favorite game. Uh, you know, after the start of your you know, first pitch, whatever it is, they have in-game live betting. Join now and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use promo code Lang the points to activate this special offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag. Now, the, you know the in-game betting uh, does not exist for the golf, but you know they obviously offer a bunch of uh, props on every round. Uh, you know, for instance, you can bet first-round leader, which is great. You know, and then throughout the tournament, you can kind of hedge your way through. Uh, you know, on a round leader or on the updated futures to win. So uh, they do round
2: round by round matchup props as well.
1: Right. So lots of ways to get action in on the golf. It's I mean, it's four days. It's four days of nonsense if you're a generic gambler. So it's great. Yeah. Couple
2: it with with some soccer and it's going to be a great Thursday through Sunday.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, So let's get into the next tier of golfers. We've got Rory McIlroy, 14 to one. Justin Thomas, 16 to 1. Justin Rose, 16 to 1. Jason Day, 16 to 1. Jordan Spieth, 18 to 1. Ricky Fowler, 20 to 1. John Rahm, 20 to 1. And Tiger Woods, 22 to 1. Matt, what do you think of this group of guys?
2: I think from both a gambling perspective and a DFS perspective, this is probably my least favorite group of golfers that we're going to have here. I just think that, you know, in terms of price on DraftKings or odds. You know, I'd like them to either be a little cheaper or have a little bit worse odds. That said, the one guy to me who stands out is John Rom. Um, he's third in the field in Greens and regulation over the past six weeks. Tons of distance off the tee. The only thing that's really held him back in terms of his recent results has been his putting. Um, but that's a very volatile statistic and makes him a nice regression candidate, in my opinion. Um, I, Rose is a great DFS play, but the problem is is that his ownership is going to be ridiculous. If Dustin Johnson isn't the highest owned player, I would only say it's because Rose is the, is the guy who's going to top him. Um, he has the third best odds right now on my bookie, you know, to win the thing tied with Justin Thomas and Jason Day. But in terms of pricing, he's more like the seventh or eighth priciest option. So again, like he's a great fit on this course, but I don't know if I can bite the bullet and roster him in a tournament like the Millie Maker where we're looking to build a contrarian lineup. Um, the one guy that I've heard gain some steam as a sleeper this week is Jason Day, but I can say that my model isn't particularly high on him. Um, he hasn't been very accurate off the tee or in terms of hitting greens lately, so I'm I'm really kind of off him, even though you know, Anthony, that is my dude. I've always oh, yeah. loved Jason Day, so... Uh overall I would expect myself to be underweight on all of these golfers um with the exception of maybe Rom and uh there are a a good handful of them that I'm not going to play any of.
1: Yeah definitely and you know you mentioned guys who need to be accurate off the tee and need to hit fairways like that does not describe Tiger Woods in the comeback like or Jordan he, Spieth. Yeah, missing a ton of fairways. Now like I still I still lean towards Spieth a little bit just because He's going to be like less than 10% and he's a really good golfer and like the putter, like, I I don't know, like he was having all those issues issues with the putter and then he went into the masters and he finished third, you know? And like, I just feel like he's, he's a good enough golfer where he could figure it out any week and you know, you're not going to get him at the depressed ownership at, you know, after he does that, you're only going to do it before it. So, right. like, I feel like this is kind of the time to get in in a tournament like in the like the milli where, you know, a lot of these upper price guys, you know, are going to carry some ownership because you can fit them in to a lot of your lineups. The pricing is a little softer than usual for golf DFS. So uh, I do like speeth here. I, I don't I wouldn't bet him. You know, I, you are getting probably a little bit of value on the odds from, you know, where he'd be if he was golfing. Well, not good enough to bet. But definitely good enough to play on DK, I think.
2: Yeah, I can, I can get behind that. I, I was listening to the Fantasy Labs golf podcast that they were doing, and I don't remember who it was. Maybe the sleaze brought this up, but he's just a gamer, you know, like, and yep. he only shows up now wanting to win the majors. Like, if he wins a random tournament throughout the year, that's great, but he comes into these majors focused on, on taking those home. So, yeah, even though he's not coming in in great form, you can never write off Jordan Spieth in a major.
1: Yeah, still 18th or better in all the stats I mentioned previously, uh, despite a, you know average finish in his last five tournaments of 39.4. So, uh, I don't know. You know I don't like rooting for Spieth, but I, I might do yeah. it this week.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can if you can make money off him, that's great, but just don't start becoming a fan of him.
1: No, no, definitely not. If he wins me a milli, I may have to be. <laughs> but other than that, that's the only option. Okay, okay. <laughs> the next group we have Brooks Kepka, twenty-five to one, last year's champion. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, twenty-eight to one. Phil Mickelson is thirty to one, as is Henrik Stenson. Brandon Grace, thirty-five to one. Uh, my boy Bryson DeChambeau, forty to one. Uh, Patrick Reed, Masters champion, also forty to one. Tommy Fleetwood and Paul Casey are 45 to one. Sergio Garcia, 50 to one. And Mark Leishman, 55 to one. Matt, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I like this tier um, from both a gambling and DFS perspective. And the guy who stands out to me, and I'm sure he's going to be someone that you're on as well, is Henrik Stenson. Oh, yeah. Super accurate off the tee. Now, part of that does come at the expense of some length. You know, he, has this, this magical three wood that he can just basically drill down the middle wherever he wants. But that is going to obviously cost him some distance compared to guys hitting driver. So maybe this isn't the best fit for him in terms of length, but overall, this guy is just an elite golfer. Maybe the best pure ball striker on tour. And he's coming into this thing in great form. His numbers, recent greens and regulation driving accuracy are all among the best in the field. Um, He's a solid scrambler. Again, the only thing that's kind of held him back recently is his putting numbers. But again, I'm not looking at that really at all. I'm kind of banking on some regression in those departments. So I love Stenson this week at 30-1. to He's my favorite, you know, maybe bet and play in the entire field.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on Stenson. I mean, he's second. you, You know, you mentioned he gives up a little length, but he's second only to DJ In those long par fours, uh, you know, on the entire tour this season. So that, yeah, like he's, he gives up some length, but he's making up for it with, you know, all of his other shots. Uh, First in in, uh, bogey avoidance, sixth in scrambling. Uh, You mentioned the recent form uh, last his average finish in his last five events is 14.6. So he's playing great golf and uh, he's only 8,800 on DK. So he's one of my kind of favorite plays there too. I don't really think he's going to carry tremendous ownership. I don't think he's going to be completely unowned.
2: Yeah, we we have him owned projected pretty highly. We have him 20 to 25%. Um, All
1: right.
2: But again, like if I was building a cash game team, he would be like the first guy that I put in there. He's just too good of a value at 8800.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know I love him. A couple of other guys I like in this area. I mean, you know I like Bryson. I, I feel like just like a like a, uh like a relationship, like a kindred relationship with I told Bryson you that was going to be like a, your guy. Yeah, cuz he's just a thinker, you know. You know I love those kind of guys. Um you know, but he's also playing really good golf uh recently. Yeah, I feel like he he has kind of the uh what's that thing called? Like the uh like the background, you know. Um the pedigree. You know, it's, the pedigree there it is yeah. to be a great golfer. Uh 12th in strokes gained off the tee, 8th in birdie or better. 20th on these long poor fours. So, uh, you know, playing good golf, uh, he's in the low eights as well, 8,300. Uh, so I think he makes for a strong DK play. There's other guys like in that area, you know, who are in this tier, guys like Paul Casey, uh, who I think are going to kind of dominate the ownership. Paul Casey and Tommy Fleetwood are both uh, 8 and 8.1K respectively. And I think that they are probably going to be a higher owned than Bryson. So if that keeps Bryson's ownership down, that's cool with me. Um, you know, and I think that he's a decent bet. I don't know if he's necessarily going to, I don't know if he's necessarily a guy that I'd pick to win, but a guy that you can put maybe a top 10 bet on and, uh, you know, make some money off that.
2: Yeah. I agree on the ownership perspective. Uh, I don't think he's going to fly under the radar by any stretch, but I do think that among that group of golfers, he will be the lowest owned of the trio. And I agree. Like I like him, his recent numbers in particular are popping. Um, he can hit it long. He's hitting greens, so he um, is definitely somebody to keep your eye on. The only thing that's holding my model back on him a little bit is his long-term um, greens and reg and driving accuracy. Those numbers aren't great, but again, his short-term form, he's more than adequate in most departments. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a fine play. I have a couple other guys from this tier that are on my radar as well. I like Brooks Kepka. He won this tournament last year. Uh, he is coming off of some good results and another guy who can hit it really long. I like him. And I think that the fact that he won it last year actually might help him in terms of ownership. I don't think that most people think Brooks Kepka is capable of winning this same tournament two years in a row. So I think that that could keep his ownership down a little bit. Um, Brendan Grace, Mark Leishman, Tommy Fleetwood, also guys that I like here. Um, all hit it long, all potentially, you know, could finish in the top 10 or so. So, yeah, I think that this is a good tier to
1: target. Yeah, we mentioned the wind. You know, Leishman and Grace, both very good wind players. So uh, definitely keep an eye on the weather. Uh, We'll get into the next group where we have, you know, some of these bigger long shots. Uh, Louis Ustazen, Alex Norin, Patrick Cantlay, Francesco Molinari, and Matt Kuchar are all 55-1. to Webb Simpson and Bubba Watson 60 to one Adam Scott 66 to one Tony Finau 70 to one Charles Schwartzel Ian Poulter and Benny on all 90 to one and uh Xander Chaufilet Emiliano 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 Grillo yeah well I I butchered it on the master show so I had to get it now (laughs) uh Jimmy Walker and Kyle Stanley are all 100 to one long shots uh Obviously, a deeper group here, Matt. I think there's a nice variety of names here. Uh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I take it back. Um, as much as I do still love Henrik Stenson, my favorite bet on the board right now in terms of pure value to win this thing is Francesco Molinari.
1: Oh, the Italian.
2: I am all aboard the Molinari Express. Um, he is grading out super high in my models and is somebody that may not be... Um, a household name among American fans, but he has dominated the European Tour in his last two starts. He's coming off of a second and a first in his last two starts. Um The last time he was on the PGA Tour, he did miss the cut, but this guy is just an elite golfer. His greens and regulation number, his accuracy number, even his scrambling numbers are all elite. And uh as far as long-term adjusted round goes, he's up there with some of the guys that you know, are, are the best golfers in the world. You know, he's at sixty eight point eight, and uh, Justin Rose, for example, is at sixty eight point one. Henrik Stenson's at sixty eight point six, so he's he's right up there with these elite golfers in the world. I am um, really like him. I think the breakthrough is coming
1: for him. Uh, that'd be awesome. I mean, I'd be pumped. Uh, I think someone in this group that's going to carry a lot of ownership is probably Tony Finau. For sure. Uh, yeah. Anytime someone mentions length, I feel like Tony Finau is in is in the conversation. Uh, he's been a lot of sharp guys around the industry. He's picked to win the tournament, which certainly is going to boost that. Uh, but I'm not sure he does like a lot of the other stuff well enough for me to want to play him at high ownership. He's not a great scrambler, only 81st. Uh, he's surprisingly not a great scorer on these long par fours, only 53rd this year on uh, you know par four efficiency, four hundred fifty five hundred 500 yards. So that actually kind of surprised me. Um, so, I mean, he's not like a, he's not a guy I would totally avoid like in a vacuum, but if people are going to really own him, I might, uh, he's probably a guy I'd rather bet than play in DraftKings. Yeah. Um, with, uh, and I also like Emiliano Grillo, Grillo who just got in. Uh, he was like one of the last six guys in the field. I think that that definitely helps from a DK ownership standpoint. Uh, but he's also you know been really good off the tee, twenty fifth in strokes gained off the tee, eleventh in bogey avoidance, uh, and he's playing really well. His last five tournaments average finish seventeen point six, so he's kind of got all the things that I'm looking for in like a low owned melee play
2: for sure. Um, And going back to Fee now, he does have the length, but his driving accuracy numbers is what's really going to hurt him potentially. He's only fifty five point seven percent long term off the tee and that's down to 52.7 percent recent so that makes him one of the most inaccurate drivers in the field over the past six weeks I think that could really come back to hurt him and again given that he's projected to be you know one of the higher own players I um I really have nothing no interest in him this week
1: um yeah
2: I'm sorry go ahead
1: no I was just gonna ask uh, what you thought about Patrick Cantlay because that's another guy that I've been hearing a lot about this week. yes
2: I do think that talent wise he is um a really good golfer but he's another guy who is not popping in my model that I think is going to carry pretty large ownership um not not really hitting the ball super well right now only 65.7% greens and reg over his past six tournaments doesn't he's not a bomber either he doesn't hit it short but he's not a guy who's going to hit it well over 300 yards and uh, he doesn't really grade out as a scrambler either in the long term. So, yeah, Cantlay is somebody that uh, I will be fading as well.
1: I love it. We're just going to have like a combined ownership of like 20% in our <laughs> on the Millie teams. <laughs> well, Let it ride.
2: I could tell you one guy that I'm going down the well again. And this guy literally burns me every single major. But I don't know how you don't play Adam Scott. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you do love Adam Scott, you're right.
2: Like, look at his numbers, though; they're unreal. He's like an elite contributor in everything except putting. The guy can't putt, but putting is the is the stat like that I'm throwing out. He's he's I'm all in on Scott once again. Like, he will probably be one of my highest on DFS plays, especially given that Fantasy Labs hasn't projected for just five to eight percent ownership.
1: He needs the belly putter back. But,
2: uh. <laughs> Bring back the belly putter. Can, can he get hot for like two days? Like if he gets out for two days, I think he can get into contention in this thing. Um, no, you're,
1: def- you're definitely right about that. He's and one more right. guy
2: I want to throw out is Gary Woodland. Reliable. Uh, I, yeah, I like him, again, as a bomber. But I think he's going to command much lower ownership than some of these other top guys. And he's another guy, like Scott, who o- the only thing that he can't do is putt. But over his last six tournaments, he's got an average driving distance of 323.8 yards and a driving accuracy of 71.4%. Those are both just super elite numbers. Um, honestly, they're higher than Dustin Johnson in both departments. So that just shows to go, goes to show you the kind of talent that this guy has off the tee. And again, like I'm just going to bank on maybe him getting hot with the putter for a couple of days in a row. So. He's a two two to four percent own type of play. Uh, I like him a lot for DFS. I would never touch him with with, with money on a uh, on a bet. <laughs> but like as far as just upside goes, Woodland would be my guy for the Millie Maker.
1: All right, I love it. Uh, now we've gone over a lot of players here, but you know there's certainly a large chunk of the field we haven't talked about. Uh, anyone longer than a hundred to one that you like as a potential bet or uh, DraftKings play?
2: Three guys that are popping for me are Luke List, Chesson Hadley, and Peter Uline. I, I hope I said that right. I've never heard of Peter Uline, but uh, all guys, they all kind of fit the same model. Long off the tee, potentially could do some damage there and are hitting greens as of late. So um, they're all greater than 100 to 1. They're all cheap on DK. They would be my, my options if I'm going with like a Stars and Scrubs type approach.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on Luke List, and I know that he's kind of like, I think he's kind of like a running joke in PGA PGA DFS circles because, you know, he always looks great in the models, and then, you know, he doesn't necessarily do the best, but he's not going to carry high ownership. Like, there was a stretch for Luke List where he was, like, consistently owned, uh, you know, and that has kind of passed. Like, listen, Luke List is a good fit for the course. Like, he's not, (laughs) it's not going to be pretty. But, like, he's like a lot of these other guys where if he starts putting, he's going to do really well. And he's only 7,200. Like, I don't think there's any risk of him, uh, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's a huge risk of him being, like, over-owned. I don't think there's a, a lot of other guys, like, in that price area that you necessarily want. Um, so, like, I I like, I like free loop list, you know. <laughs> I hope he gets it done. I know the guy never wins, but... You know, I hope he, hope he finishes with, like, a, a top five or something, you know?
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, a top ten is definitely possible. Maybe not a top five,
1: but anybody else
2: gonna, for, for you in this range that you like?
1: Yeah, I'm going—I I hate this. this. This is my Adam Scott. I'm going back to Kevin Chapel. Okay. Uh, <laughs> who's been—right. Who has been awful? Like, I have to leave with the fact that, like, his his recent form is terrible. He's missed five of his last six cuts. Oh, baby. <laughs> but prior to that— he was playing amazing golf. Like in his first eight events, three top 10s, uh, seven top 31s, no missed cuts. Uh, he's still 11th in stroke gains, strokes, strokes gained off the tee, and third in these long part four efficiency. Um, so, like, he still has it. Like, I, I feel like the game is there. It just hasn't produced, it hasn't, like, uh, resulted in, in good golf scores. But, like, he's literally going to be like a 1% owned DK play because yeah. he's been really bad. No, that's
2: Honestly, that's a really good call. I think, you know, on my model, I've got long-term form and short-term form and all the long-term form numbers are are nice and green. The short-term ones, not so much, but (laughs) it just goes to show you that he is a solid golfer. You know, like if if you think that the long-term form shows up, he's much better than where he's being priced at and, and valued at right now. So yeah, I think that's a really good call. I think that's sharp.
1: Thanks, man. And if, if you're into, like, just trying to make, like, a like a Bombers lineup or something like that, you know, guys like Trey Molinax, I think you can consider, uh, you know, really long, obviously, off the tee, but also manages to score on the long par fours. Um, you know, so if you, if you try to get a lineup like that in there, nice and cheap, Trey Molinax, I think you can kind of include him. So that's kind of it for me. Um, I don't know if there's any other golfers kind of worth talking about. Like, I'm sure if you listen to other golf podcasts... There you've heard a million names. So by now you probably think that everybody can win the U S open. And
2: and we should specify that we're specifically talking about tournaments for, for our golfers. Like, you know, we're not saying to play these guys in a cash game lineup. Like that's a whole different line of thinking at that point. You're really just looking for guys that can make a cut, which would be more along the lines of like a, a Steve Stricker is somebody like who's popping in my model, but I would never actually play. Because I think that that's his, his ceiling is to make the cut and finish like 30th maybe. So, you know, these are guys that we think have the potential to be in the winning DraftKings lineup.
1: Yep. I mean, if you're playing cash this week, it's like, you know, you're playing DJ, you're playing Rose, you're playing Casey. You know, you're playing all these other guys. You know, then you can kind of get into the the popular 7K range and stuff like that. But I didn't hear Molinari or Stenson come out of your mouth. Those guys, sure, play them all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, you got to take some shots to win this tournament. Um, you're playing for literally a million dollars. Like, you, you're going to have to take some risks. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time a milli was won, and I looked at the lineup, and I was like, oh, I could have built that lineup. like <laughs>
2: For sure. You know there's there's you know always, like, at least one golfer that I'm like, well, how did he get on this dude?
1: Right. Like, there's, and there's no stats too. Like, that's the thing. Like, sometimes you look back, you're like, oh, like, how did I miss on Kyle Stanley? You know? Right. <laughs> and you look and you're like, never mind. And like, <laughs> uh, so let's get into the book it, my bookie picks of the week. Uh, Matt, what are your favorite bets for the U.S. Open?
2: Yeah. So I mentioned I like the matchup props. I'm going to be betting basically all of the Henrik Stenson matchups. I think that, you know, given what I said about him being, Arguably the best ball striker. Like, I just think that this is a, a perfect setup for him. Um, he really only needs to do what he does on a weekend, weekend out basis. And I think that a lot of the guys around him are going to fall. So, uh, I like all of the Stenson props. I like the Justin Rose props as well, but particularly he is minus 115 against Ricky Fowler. Uh, I really like that. I think that Justin Rose is going to be in for a strong showing and my boy. Francesco Molinari, minus 105 over Mark Leishman. Uh, I like Mark Leishman. He's a good golfer, but I really am just all in on Molinari this week.
1: I love it. Um, it is is Ricky Fowler like new Phil? Like everyone just loves him and he hasn't won a major yet. Like I, I just feel like the people love Ricky.
2: Yeah, true story. I was golfing last year, uh, got paired up with a random guy, which is cool. I actually enjoy that. But we were talking about, um, we had both gone to Beth Page, uh, in 2016 to watch the Barclays Championship that was being there. And this was an older dude, like 50s easily. And we were just talking about it. And he was like, yeah, I had to get there early because I had to make sure that to watch my guy. And I was expecting him to say, you know, Phil or somebody like that, Ricky Fowler. Everybody loves Ricky. So. Yeah. And again, I don't think this course fits him at all. We, you know, we didn't really mention him. Um, he's a good golfer, but for me, like Justin Rose is just such a superior player.
1: Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know, I, it, like Fowler for me, like any projection ownership you see, like just go plus, five, just go plus five percent. <laughs>
2: because
1: there's just people that play Ricky every week. Ricky. Uh, <laughs> so my top bet, uh, yeah, I went Stenson. And specifically, I like him minus one twenty against Tiger. Uh, I think you get a little value here because of the Tiger name, uh, and Stenson is just in way better form. Uh, we talked a little bit before about Tiger having to go driver and you know not being able to hit the fairway. I think that that puts him at a huge disadvantage to uh, someone like Stenson. Stenson already you know top fived at a major this year. Did that at Augusta. Tiger was thirty second. I'm not you know I, I'm buying that Tiger is like back. As like a legitimate golfer, but I'm not buying that he is a better golfer at this current point in time than Henrik Stenson.
2: Correct. So I will. I will Especially lay the odds. at this golf course.
1: Yep, hundred percent.
2: Um, one question for you. Curious what you think here. So I've heard people talk about you know being matched up with Tiger is a negative because you're just going to draw such a huge gallery like. It's a little bit of a different experience. But the two guys that he's paired up with through the first two rounds are Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas. Perfect. Two two guys who have, you know, one on the biggest stage. Like, do you think that that Tiger narrative could potentially affect them?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I I don't—I just don't, like—first of all, I want to see the numbers on that before I start saying that, like, that's a real thing. Yeah. But, yeah, like, DJ and and Justin Thomas, like— Those guys' dicks have already been there. You know what I mean? Like they're not they're not sweating a Tiger Gallery, like uh, DJ's already won on big stages just in time. Like these guys, we're talking about guys who have been the best golfers in the world. Yeah,
2: it's one thing if it's 2005 Tiger, but I guess this Tiger, it's not so much intimidating anymore.
1: Yeah, maybe if maybe for like Francesco Molinari or something, I would say. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points, brought to you by MyBookie. Uh, please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And get that deposit bonus on MyBookie for using promo code LAYINGTHEPOINTS. For Matt Lamarca, I'm Anthony Amico. May the odds be ever in your favor.
0: Factory.